The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash and I like to think, although we are all flawed, we are also fucking fabulous. Welcome to episode five. Hello, producer Quartz. Hi, Ash. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. This is the first time we record this year. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A lot has happened since we last recorded. Yes, a lot, a lot. Do you want to go first or should <laughs> I go first? I feel like we're like, mm, I'm not sure what's worse. <laughs> well, we've both had like just crazy stuff happen sort of over the last Christmas sort of period and New Year. So we'll go into that. But first, we're going to kick off with Angel Cuts. Yes. Every week I would like to have some continuity in um, the episodes. So I think um, based on like feedback from my Instagram and whatnot, people are loving the angel cards and they definitely impact my life a lot. I go to them every day. Um, Sometimes I go every second day because I want to really absorb that message and follow through like with what I need to do. It doesn't always need to be a new message every day. Sometimes you can just do it when you feel like you need something. So I would like to do that so everyone gets the vibe and then we can talk about where that goes in our life currently. <laughs> so, I'm scared to turn my I know, I'm a bit nervous too. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's okay, go. Okay, so I've sort of done my whole process yes. and knocked out the energy and done the whole thing. So I'm turning over. What do you desire? You now have the opportunity to write the script according to your heart's truest desire. Once you're clearly decide upon your true desires and know what you're ready and deserving of them, they'll rush into your life as if by magic. Mm. This card comes to you because you've been waiting for external signs of what you should do next. The angels say that the answer comes from inside you. You must decide what you want before anything can change. Carve out time to meditate upon your true heart's desires and know that you deserve the best as we all do. Additional meanings for this card. Use affirmations and positive visualizations to manifest your desire. Clarify your desires. Release any guilt or fear regarding asking for what you want. Drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) So, you want me to elaborate on what that means? Yes, I I would. I don't really relate necessarily to the like your desires or whatever, um, because I'm like happy with what's going on at the moment in my life, apart from all the shit that I'm going to go into. Um, but obviously the whole thing about, you know, Ash, like visualisation, meditation, know, all things that I vowed to get into in 2020. So yeah. that's interesting. It was like confirmation. Yeah. Um, which we can go into a little bit later about things that we've both signed up to oh, yes. to do this year as our little self-love and um, spiritual awakenings. Uh, but, yeah, um, I feel like before I do my card, okay. um, I want the energy to stay with you so can you please share um my story as bravely as you can um the the news that you received before christmas okay so i'm not going to go into huge amounts of details because it's not my podcast i'm just here to be (laughs) a producer um but basically um two and a half ish years ago i had um a melanoma just like a mole on my right sort of shoulder blade uh, that I went and got checked out and it was a level four. So with melanoma, basically it's done by levels, so level one to five. And based on the level, it kind of indicates how deep it is into the layers of your skin. So five is the worst. Mm-hmm. So I had a four, um, so not the greatest, but they basically just chopped it out. They also took like a lymph node under my arms to sort of where it drains to, to prevent sort of further and draining. Did- did this mole look suspicious to you or were you just on your regular skin check? No, I hadn't had any skin checks before that. Ever? No, which your I should know my whole life, oh, which okay. I should have given and two and a half years context. Ago. So I what have age right would that have made you for first like, skin check? Like 31, I think, 31. around okay. there. Yep. Um, so I have red hair and fair skin. My mum's family is all from like Ireland, England. So like I really am prime candidate for (laughs) melanoma. Also, my dad has a history of melanoma and my mum's brother actually passed away from melanoma. So it's in the family. And so Um, no one had family-wise or medically-wise flagged a skin check? Some people had said like, oh, you should get... I'd been to GPs and stuff and pointed out suspicious things, including the mole that ended up being cancerous. Um, And they were just like, no, it looks fine or whatever. But I'd never gone and got like a full thing. Anyway, after a while, like I knew noticed that it kind of started to change the way it looked. I went to a skin 
place. He said it looked fine. They chopped it off to get a biopsy. It wasn't fine. I then had to go up to Brisbane to the Pear Hospital, which is like one of the best in the world for melanoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, Dr. Smithers, who's like the top guy in the world, chopped it out. Everything was great. They got good margins. It was all fine. Anyway, so since then, for two and a half years, I've been getting three monthly checks. So every three months I go to my local guy on the Gold Coast and every four months I go to Brisbane. So I'm actually getting more than one every three months really because it's yeah, like double, double places. Yeah. Um, the one on the Gold Coast checks my skin and the one in Brisbane so does the, like what, checks the where the mole was and okay. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like as someone that does get their skin checked, it makes you kind of feel a bit freaked out that you're going to the GP and they might be like, you're fine. And then there's this top-notch person (laughs) that you're supposed to really be going to and they're going to be like, well, actually, that's been sitting there for a long time and it's not. Well, I now, when anybody asks me, because I'm quite vocal about it on my Instagram, Mm -hmm. about reminding people to get skin checks, um, I always say I prefer to go to someone who looks at skin all day long because that's all they're doing, whereas GPs have to deal with the flu um, and yeah. you know like all different wide kinds variety. of things yeah um and so i just like to see someone that you know looks at Specialist. skin but i also like to make sure it's the same person yes so that every three months the same person is looking at my skin so they're going to be more likely to notice changes and if i go to somebody different mm-hmm. and so for me that's more important for everybody else they don't need to get three monthly checks yeah um so i've been doing that and no one told me to check for lumps okay um, and I was just looking for suspicious moles. And then around November, I had, I've had i recently lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. So I sort of have lost about, at that point like about 30 kilos. So yeah. my arm was skinnier. Yes. And I just felt this lump. Um, it's, I would say it's like five-ish centimetres from the original mole. And, and size-wise a pea. Yeah, a maybe a little cherry. bit bigger than a pea. And initially yep. I thought like, oh, maybe maybe a boil is forming okay. or something. Like is this yeah, a pimple? Like, like it felt like... <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, God, a boil. Like, what the hell? Um, But then after a few days, there was no, like, nothing on the surface. And I was like, well, if this was a boil, like, it would have come Come to the surface. So um, I already had my skincare, skin check already was booked in for a few days later. So I was like, I'll just flag with my doctor then. Um, He was like, it doesn't seem like much to me, but we'll go get an ultrasound on it. When I got the ultrasound... Went back to my skin guy and he was like, oh, no, I'm just not quite sure I'm going to send you to a specialist just because, like, of all the red flags in my history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the specialist and he basically said to me, you need to prepare yourself for the fact that this is most likely going to be melanoma wow. again. Um, and given that it's now a lump and it's back, that's not a great result. Um, so I then had to go for a bunch of other tests, had a biopsy where they found a second one. Um, then I had to go for a PET scan where they pump you with radiation and then you go into this big machine and they can see if there's any other spots. Um, and, and there was two in that one section, yep. but it wasn't anywhere else. So the, the PET scan can only tell you so much. It only can see four millimetres. So my second one was four millimetres. My first one was 11 millimetres. Okay. Um, so like really small. It felt actually a lot bigger than what yeah. it, it actually was. Um, but I think it was because it was combining both maybe because I was so like close literally together. close together. Yeah. Um, and then I um, went – so the doctor had kind of – said to me, you know, if it's just the one, maybe it's not going to be that big a deal. But if they find more, he literally said, if you light up like a Christmas tree, we're going to have some issues. So in the PET scan, all I was thinking was don't fucking light up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) Don't ruin Christmas trees It was literally (laughs) December. So it was all about Christmas at the time. Um, And so when I... I knew that there was only two because they send you the scans before you go to see the doctor. Right. So your phone, like it's all I apps now. So oh, I wow. get the like app and I was phone. yeah. So I was literally like in the office being like, look, you can see like the mark <laughs> of the cancer thing, and there's nowhere else in my body. Oh, so I kind of got a bit yeah. like maybe this is going to be okay if it's just that sort yeah. of one spot. But yeah, basically went into the appointment before I even sat down. He was like, this is melanoma. This is bad. Sit down. Let me talk you through it. Um, and he was like, yeah, this is stage four cancer. So it's like a whole new thing now because it's like traveled to somewhere else, but it's not in my organs. It's not in my lymph nodes. So that was the silver lining. He didn't go into that at the time. He was basically just like, this is bad, bad, bad. Yeah. And um, what what was going through your mind when you were sitting there? Were you um, panicked? Were you just numb? Were you- well, I was just trying not to cry. Yeah. So I was just focusing on like trying to listen. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying not to. So Sam, my brother, came with me. I'm single, so I, you know, knowing I had a bad feeling about it, so I was like, bring someone with me. Yeah, that was Um, smart. And so, you know, you don't remember everything in these meetings, so you want someone to be there. Um, And so I was just trying to, like, keep it together, I guess, to, like, listen to the information. The doctor kind of gave it in stages where he was like, if I sent you home now and we didn't 
and all we did was cut it out. Survival rate is only 18% and like kind of didn't say anything after that. Just kept talking about like other things and didn't, I was just like. Fixated on that. Yeah, like 18%. that. Yeah, like (laughs) what do you mean? And then like a few minutes later he was like, but now we can do immunotherapy. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, chemotherapy doesn't work on melanoma. Melanoma is like so aggressive. It just doesn't do anything. Um, And so what they have now, it's only fairly new in the last few years. It's called immunotherapy and it's like a different form of chemo. It's not as... Um, it boosts your immune rather than pulling it down mm-hmm. and it works really well for immune th- for um, melanoma. And so he said, that's going to give you an extra 50%. So my, my chances go up. I think it ends up being something like 58% or whatever once you add up like all the different yeah. things of survival. If my body is classing this as like a traveling so so there's all different words like satellite and all these different things but basically they can't know if my body is saying that this is a spread because it's so close to the original one or if it's just like a satellite one which is just a like a connection of the first one Mm -hmm. so either like my chances of survival of 58 percent, or they've chopped out and I have no more cancer and there's no way to know right so basically I have to go through all the stages of like you know, the treatments and yeah. stuff, basing it on the fact that it is stage four. And um, have yeah. you started any of those treatments now? So I went to go start at the 2nd of January or something like the 3rd of January, I think it was. And when I got there, they said they wouldn't let me do it until I had had my eggs harvested. Oh, we've, we've yeah. spoken about yeah. the babies yeah. before. So, as I said on here, I'm not sure if I want kids or not, but I'm not sure if I wanted to like lose the chance so they don't know if immunotherapy it's not as I said like chemo where it does definitely affect your fertility but also because it's so new they don't know all the information so they just recommend that you get your eggs taken out so I started that process um, and then on Monday after I'd had a bunch of tests they basically brought me in and were like oh you have like no eggs (laughs) Um, and I was just like of course of course coming so, you know, initially I was just like, I literally laughed. Like I was like <laughs> I, I to the doctor because I went in by myself because I wasn't thinking anything of it. Yeah. I went in, I literally was like, of course I don't. And he was just like, yeah, you have some good genes. And I was yeah. like, God. So it's like hereditary as well, this kind of thing. And so obviously the melanoma is as well. So it's just like All this lots of family, family. shit. <laughs> Um, Thanks, guys. And so I was just like, of course, there's another thing wrong. So they're just going to do their best and see if they can get. Usually, yeah. they like to get ten to twenty. They're hoping to get three to four eggs. I've started Triplets. that process. <laughs> yeah. <Quads>. So <laughs> basically, I have to have a bunch of needles for like. I started that on Monday, so I'm doing it for about ten days, and then they'll harvest the eggs next Friday. Um, and that's basically the thing. And then I start the immunotherapy, which I have to do for the next year every two weeks. Right. So. Yeah, that's a lot to digest. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that we're going to be touching yeah, I'm like, we're going to be touching on that many times throughout the year because it is a process. Yeah. Um, and there will be updates. And um, yeah, well, fingers crossed. I have this thing at the moment that I've been saying is like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, which obviously yeah. is the song too. And sometimes you think you don't want something or you're not really keen on it. And yeah. then you're like, oh, but if I don't have it, maybe I do want it. And yeah. um, I'm feeling a little bit samesy <laughs> <laughs> um, for myself that um, I had a pretty eventful. Uh, do you want to do your cards? Yes. First? Do okay. Your cards first do my cards. We'll Actually, yours. I have one more question for you until oh, yes. I do it. So, for your card that you pulled, yeah. it's the what do you desire that in all the things that you just rattled off, is there anything that instantly came to your mind about a desire? I mean, obviously being cancer-free and healthy is yes. like my main yes. desire. Yes. And I've watched a lot of documentaries based on things you've mm-hmm. given me and I've read a lot of books and listened to a lot of pod- podcasts about um, like manifestation yep. and visualisation. I have some sort of superstitious tide I have a story I don't know if you want me to go into it where I I'm, I'm scared to be yep. positive yes <laughs> um, no, to well, let's go when we go into what we've both got planned okay. for the year right. I think you can tell your story and I'll tell mine because okay. I'm pretty superstitious about it as well and <laughs> I'm like hmm so yeah sorry I should have been knocking and shuffling <laughs> while you were chatting then but I was very engrossed in the story so I'll try and shuffle so I'm getting much better at shuffling these. Like the first couple of times I was like, um, and um, you know when you asked me how many cards were in the packet, yeah. it says 44 cards oh, on okay. there. Oh, there we <laughs> like go. I, I was sitting at home one day and I'm like, there's the answer. I'm like, <laughs> it was right in front of me. I'm like, I don't know, 50? But, so, okay. Ooh, cleanse and detoxify. I've had that before. Um, you can find in the book, you can read that part. How do you 
find in the book? Um, alphabetical. alphabetical. Okay. Yeah. Cleanse and detoxify. With great love and respect, we ask you to detoxify your precious and sensitive body. At your request, we'll help you to develop life-affirming ways to deal with stress, as well as ease any sorrow at shedding your old ways. Give your cares, worries and concerns to us and the beautiful grace of your newly purified body. Okay, this card signifies the angel's recommendation that you eliminate chemicals and toxins (laughs) from your body. (laughs) While I'm hungover right now. (laughs) You're sensitive to drugs, food and additives like sugar. Alcohol, Mm -hmm. caffeine Mm -hmm. and nicotine has increased. These substances are interfering with your ability to hear your angels. But I'm glad I didn't get this. (laughs) (laughs) So they're asking to avoid them. It's so funny they're actually hungover today I know. I feel like a detox is coming. (laughs) The angels will gladly help you with stress and cravings if you ask additional meanings for this card. Use use herbal means to cleanse, such as wheatgrass juice or psyllium Mm. seeds. Sounds delightful right now. Consult a holistic <laughs> nutritionist. Call upon Archangels Ralph, sorry, Raphael, oh, I'm like to reduce <laughs> and eliminate cravings. Avoid toxic relationships or situations. Ask Michael to clear your body of home or any and home of any lower energies. Use gentle, earth-friendly cleaning supplies. Wow, it's so specific of things you have to do. Wow, that's a lot. I think it's like and or, like not like not all, but yeah. Well, that yeah, being that I am hungover today, um, that does feel like I need to kind of change my ways a little bit. And I have probably been drinking a little bit more than usual, given my festive season. It was, and I felt like I started really early, like in maybe like November. I was like, yeah, getting into the drinks and, you know, the weather's nice. I'm going to have another drink. And, yeah, and then I feel like possibly I've been stress drinking of late. Um, but I don't drink to get drunk. I'm like, oh, it's 5 p.m. I can have a wine. And then I usually have, like, once I eat dinner, there's no more wine. Okay. So whatever I can consume in Good that, like, control, it yeah. sounds like. <laughs> one and a half hour period is all for me. All right. So tell us about your Christmas <laughs> period. So I was so excited for Christmas this year. I had moved into my new place and I got to put my big Christmas tree up and didn't have Christmas Day at my house, which I did want, but um, my brother and his partner got a new house and they really wanted it there and it was kind of like their baby's first Christmas where he knew about it. So um, so we went there on Christmas Day, nice, nice, and I was very sensible, didn't have a big one. And on Boxing Day, I was sitting on my couch, probably on Instagram or something, my phone was in my hand, and um, I had a phone call. And it was my foreman. And I'm like, we're more like text. We text, we don't really call, especially not at 9am on Boxing Day. Like, this is weird. And um, I've answered, I'm like, hi, what do you want, basically? Yeah. And he's like, so, like, don't stress. And I'm like, <laughs> probably not the first thing you say to someone <laughs> when you're ringing them unusually. And he's like, uh, there is a fire at the little shed. And I was like, a fire? Like, what do you mean? What's the like, little shed? Explain So, that. yeah, this is going to, like, spoiler <laughs> alert. But so my factory um, for my business, um, I also have two other sheds in the same estate that one I use for business purposes, one I use to store my personal belongings. Um, and um, there's a little shed that's not attached to our factory that, like, two to three staff work out of. And that's n- not really – it's close, but it's not attached to my factory. So that's what we call the little factory, and then we have the, the normal factory. So I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, how would that have – like got a fire, but it has like neighbouring like factories attached to it. And I was like, well, maybe someone, because it's Christmas, we've closed down. Like we finished on the 20th, not going back to the 6th. Place has been sparkling clean. Everyone's gone home. And I'm like, that's so weird. But there are some people that have, you know, sheds there. I'm like, well, maybe like Siggy, like someone's, you know, fell asleep or something. I don't <laughs> know. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything. And he, well, sorry. He goes, so I'm just going to go down and have a look at it and um, like, don't stress. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. So I'll... Um, it sounds super low-key, right? Like a little yeah, fire. Yeah, I was just like little fire, little shed, possi- yeah. possibilities. It sounded like a possible fire at this yeah. point. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. And then like when I hung up the phone, like I just got this like surge. I was like, 
Oh, panic. And I couldn't find Eden. I was like, Eden, like <laughs> running around the house. And like, I think he was doing a poo. Like I could, he has this specific toilet at my house where he has to do a poo. And it's under the stairs. And I call him Harry Pooter because oh, you know how Harry Potter lived under the stairs. So I'm like, Harry Pooter, where are you? Um, so anyway, kids are playing with all their new toys. And I'm just like, where's Eden? And they're like, we don't know. And I'm like, well, I'll just call him. <laughs> He'll have his phone in there. So got in the car called him. I'm like, there's a fire at the factory. I don't know what's going on. Because it was Christmas, um, we only had the one car because we don't drink and drive. So we'd left his car at his parents' house and then I had my car. So he was kind of stranded too. Like he, once he finished pooing, he couldn't like come and help me. He had to just stay at home with the kids. So um, I'm like, it's, you know, Matt's just said that it's a little fire. Like uh, I'll be back soon. So I live at um, on the Gold Coast and um, my factory's in Burley and I live in North Burley. And uh, there's like everywhere on the Gold Coast has like a couple main roads. So I'm driving up through one of, I think it's called West Burley Road, I think. Anyway, so I've come around the bend and once you go around the bend, it's like a straight line to get to my factory. I've gotten to the bend and the entire sky is filled with the thickest black smoke I've like ever seen. Oh, I left out of it. <laughs> At like half an hour prior, Eden and I are like, oh, what are those sirens? <laughs> like oh I wonder what's going on like, well I'll tell you what was going on my fucking factory was burning down so I I still thought for a moment that it was the little factory which like not to be like rude because that'd be horrible for someone else but it wasn't my actual factory and it's tiny and I was like oh like there was nothing in there worth anything not millions of dollars of machines so I've turned the corner big black smoke and I'm like, I could feel like panic setting in. I was like, I need to keep my hands on the steering wheel, but I like, we need to flap them around like so badly. And then I've, I did read my phone while I was driving. I've got a text message from a boy, like a man, sorry, (laughs) um, that is, I've been a long-term friend of mine. He knows where my factory is. He knows which one's mine. He doesn't know about the little factory. And he's like, hey, Ash, I'm sure you already know. I'm so sorry, like about the factory being on fire. And I'm like, (gasps) I'm like, do I pull over? Like, I don't even know if I can keep physically driving to the factory at this point because the amount of smoke, I'm like, it's gone. Like, I know it's gone now. Like, there's no, there's, it was just crazy. And I just had to keep driving towards it. And um, so I've like veered off the main road. And then just as I got onto our actual street, we are like near a quarry. So you have to go off a really big hill and we've got like, skyline views of surface for our factory that no one cares about but um driving up there it hadn't been cut off yet by the fire brigade so I've managed to get all the way into our um our estate and there's like 10 fire trucks in there I'm like feel like I'm shaking now like talking about it um there was 10 fire trucks in there and I couldn't actually when you drive into our complex the we're like the only building you can see like front on. Everything else is parallel with when you drive and you couldn't see it at all. The whole thing was just covered in like a thick black fog. Like it didn't even look like smoke. Like it was so thick that you could not even see like this enormous building behind it. And so I was there by myself at this point and there was a lot of other people that have factories there like standing there like oh my god Ash I'm like so sorry and I'm just like could just feel like my whole body like shaking like I wasn't crying or anything but like I was like I felt like my legs were going to like give out so I'm like I'm just gonna sit on the the car park the Ashfeld um and I sat there and then my foreman got there because I live closer than him so I got there before him and um you know, he, has, he was like, wow, I really downplayed yeah, this. <laughs> he was like, well, at this point we weren't speaking. Like I was just sitting Shock. there like looking at it and he was kneeled down next to me and he, he was crying. Um, he's been there for six years. He's been a massive part of our business. Um, when my husband passed away, like the turmoil and chaos that that place was and how much effort he'd put into it, it really like has become like his baby too. So just sorry to interrupt, yep. just to give context in case people didn't listen to the first episode mm-hmm. and then you. So this was a business that your husband, your late husband yes. had started and yes. built from the ground up himself. Yes. Um, and you worked there like a little bit. Yeah. So I know I've worked there 
once it required me to. So over the years as it grew, um, I worked more and more. So I used to like work one day, then I worked three days, then I worked five days. But for the past seven years, I've worked full time okay. at that business and he passed away three years ago. And then the business went to you and your children. Yeah, so you co-own it. <laughs> yeah, with my, my little five and seven year old shareholders, but that's another story. So uh, aside from the meaning of like this is your business. It was something that someone who meant so much to you has yep. built as well and it was his. So there's yep. that extra meaning. Yeah, I just want to put the listeners the center, to know The as sentimental well. value for me, um, for me, like that, our home that we lived in that had been sold, um, he, his boat, I recently sold that. Like I had been kind of like asset relieving myself um, of things, but I always just thought that the factory would be there. Like, you know, even if I didn't want it, <laughs> I was like, it, it's there. Like that is, that's our legacy of our relationship of his life, basically apart from our kids. Um, and um, yeah, to sit there and like just watch it burn is like, you know, and obviously- You can't do anything as no, well. No, and like safety reasons, we have chemicals, the other um, tenant, cause it was like two businesses affected, not just myself. Um, you know, there's, there's hardcore chemicals in there. They build surfboards, um, our machines, you know, have solutions and stuff that go in them and, you know, big acetone drums everywhere. There were cars parked in the car park. Like the fire road's like, where's this? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm like, you know, but we had everything safety wise on the other side of the building. So none of our chemicals were actually near them, but they had lots going on in their factory and you could tell. And then a fire pole. Uh, sorry, not a fire pole, electricity pole caught fire um, and that's like sparking and like people since then like I've seen on like the news and like they've used like live footage from other people that like, you know, people are like, like, wow, look at it, Ben. Like, and, you know, to hear it when it's yours, like is just like torture. And then, you know, when the fire, uh, when the electricity pole caught fire, then they're like, oh, this is dangerous. We should probably get out of here. I'm like, you think? Like you're like 10 metres away because they weren't in our street. It was like in the neighbouring street okay. and backing on. So they're like full view because the fire started at the back and worked its way through. Um, yeah, so my foreman and I are sitting there on the ground and like we're not talking. He's like crying and I'm just sitting – I'm like sitting there like you have fucking got to be kidding me. <laughs> what on earth – Another is my thing. life <laughs> like this is not happening like it's just not happening I'm like what have I done <laughs> like what on earth oh, have I the done same thoughts this yeah, year. <laughs> I'm like I'm like yeah so how did the fire start I still don't know oh okay so the um the building started to be demolished um on Monday and it um they had to have the fire investigators come back out then because the the surfboard side of the building was so severely damaged. It started there though. It started think. there. Yeah, okay. it definitely started in there. I my factory didn't actually burn down, it melted. Okay. So there was no actual flames. Like heat damage. Heat damage. There was no actual flames in Ian. I would hate to see what it would look like if I did actually make its way through. Um but yeah, it like all of our machines have like acrylics and, you know, plastic and metal and wood. So, you know, the, the wood's still intact, the steel's still intact, but anything else, it's just melted. It's so bizarre. It looked like a movie set when I walked and in. no one was injured at all. It no, was just, thank goodness. Yeah. And obviously, because everyone had closed for Christmas, that's why it's so bizarre. We'd already been closed for six days. Like there had been no one inside these premises for six days. So that I'd be I'm very dying to read the fire marshal's like yeah. report, um, but it doesn't change anything. Like it's happened. So regardless, it helps with a bit of closure. Yeah, like what the hell yeah. Happened. So, and you know, uh, two businesses affected. Both of us have you know built our lives around these businesses, and we're lucky that we're such like a close knit kind of community in our little complex where you know everyone cares about everyone, and they're just and it's one of those things that like. I've had a conversation with you about this privately when people are just like, oh, my God, you poor thing. Like, oh, I just don't know how you do it. I'm like, thank you, but, like, 
actually like not helping like because I'm trying to keep it together and yeah. I'm like I've got my smile on like yes thank you yeah we've both experienced <laughs> some interesting comments over the last yeah. month or so and people mean so well yeah. and they're just as uncomfortable as we are about yeah, like being on the receiving say. end and you know I used to like see people like try and avoid me in the shopping centre after Horn died because, like, they'd be like, oh, oh, shit, he died and now I have to ask you how yeah. you are. I just wanted to give you a subtle wave and move on. Yeah. And, like, trust me, I don't want to talk to you either. So <laughs> let's just wave and keep going. Because also when you're in that position, like, and it's happening to you, you feel like you want to make the other person feel yeah, but yeah, better Yeah, you're their well. support network. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I need the support. <laughs> how are you? I'm like, oh, how am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so the fire. Um, I remember getting this text from you on Boxing Day. Yeah. And I was, was, like, I was sitting in the car going to Brisbane. I, I looked at Sam, my brother, and was just like, what the fuck? I know. And then, of course, good podcast content. Yeah. We Silver lining. Like Another story to <laughs> add to the profile. But, um, yeah, so the factory did not survive. So when did you get to go in and have a look? Um, the next day. So once the fire um, inspector had been like, look, it's out, you can go in and have a, a look. Did you have to wear, like, masks and stuff? Was um, it air or no? No, yes, no, <laughs> nah. It was just a um because it the smell is so extreme. Like I can't even, I actually can't explain it. And um because the smoke went through the whole factory, we were still able to have the um what are they called? Like the emergency recovery teams go in and get things that we needed from like oh, okay. our offices. Um so paper survived. Oh. Yeah, paper survived, plastic didn't. So computers all melted. Yeah. So um, my um, my one of my good friends, she works with me, and she has um, a daughter, and um, she's been into work before, and when she is, and she's coloured in like highlighted like pixies and fairies, and given them to us, and we have them like near our desks. Literally, there'll be on one wall an aircon completely melted, dripping, hanging off, and just a colourful pixie next to it with no damage. Wow. It's so we bizarre. I really think fire and paper is something I know. That we think. I it's, guess it's so, just heat. but like, yeah, because there was actually no fire. But the smoke, like, everything's covered in this thick, gritty, like, black, which are the files that we're using. So constantly we're like, look like we've been fingerprinted when we're like <laughs> going through our paperwork trying to, you know, find out what the fuck we've been doing. So, um, so was there anything like very specific that you got to still get of horns that survived or um, that didn't? So. I don't usually keep any personal things at the factory, um, pr- probably for that reason <laughs> if something happens. But uh, someone had um, borrowed one of Horn's um, motorbikes and he was like doing a little bit of work on it and then he brought it back to work and left it underneath the stairs. And on the last day of work I was like, oh, well, like no one's going to steal it. Like you can't get in here. It's locked up. Like I'll get, everyone was so busy leading up to Christmas. It's our busiest time of the year that I didn't like, excuse me. Um, even though I can ask, but I feel bad. I'm like, excuse me, could you like take this bike up to my other shed and like put it there? So I was like, it's fine. We'll do it in the new year when we have our like other cleanup. And, um, yeah, so that night I hadn't been in yet. So boxing day night, I hadn't been inside. And I just laid there like looking at the roof being like that fucking motorbike I'm like it's in there I have no idea how far the like fire's gone at that point I'm like and this was kind of already like a heritage bike like it's from like the 70s and like it's been like done up and whatever um so I was like just like lying there going I should have fucking taken it out like it's gonna be done and I also have (laughs) which like this might offend people but when Horn passed away I had um which um this bag that I called my death bag so I carried it around with me everywhere because I had so much going on that I had to have my files with me all the time so um like laptop and everything like that. But when like everything kind of got sorted, I just left my like death bag and a bag of Horn's work uniform and work shoes um, under my desk and they just sat by my feet for like the past three years basically. So um, I was thinking about that too. I was like, you know, I've kept that as my little like got my tradie wingman sitting there. I'm like, that's going to be gone. The bike's going to be gone. Fuck. And then um, fortunately when we were allowed to go back in, the next day, like bolted down like the whole way to see like, and when I when I went in, I was like, oh, this this is okay. Like I went to the hallway first, and um, oh sorry, the the night bef- 
the, the night before we were allowed to go in, one of the other factory owners said that when the police left, he went and had a little squeeze in and he's like, it's not that bad in there. And I'm like, well, visually from the front, like it does look like that the surfboard shop's been really affected. Maybe we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've kept like that in my head all day, like where the day I knew that we were allowed to go in, but it wasn't until like maybe lunchtime. So I'm sitting and I'm like, he said, it's not that bad. Like, you know, so it's just clean up. We just got to clean shit up. We'll be fine. Um, and then, so I've walked down the hallway. Hallway looks okay because it's on the far left side of the building. Bike's intact. Cool. I've got my little Bob the Builder hat on. Get going to the factory. Broken glass, water, soot, everything. Turn a corner and I'm like, holy fuck, like, does he need glasses? I'm like, this is not in any means okay. Like, the whole walls have, like, caved in that joined the two um, factories together. All the machines are so warped and, like, melted and the smell, literally the roof is caving in. And I was like, I've just been thinking for five hours that I needed a dustpan and broom and some, like, domestos. <laughs> just like a bond clean. Yeah, just a, a bond, bond clean. clean. We just need that. We'll be back in business in no time. So... I looked at my foreman and I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, I just can't. I just can't do it. It looked fake. I cannot describe it. Like a movie set. It looked like a movie set. Like it just, it looked so like thought out. (laughs) Like it didn't look like chaos. It looked like, okay, this is this machine. Yep, let's fuck it up by doing this. Okay, I see. Um, except for like the wall caving in and you could see the sky inside the factory and things like that. It was very bizarre. Then I went upstairs to our offices and so I'm going up the stairs and I'm like, the stairs are intact, they're wood, they're fine. Turn the corner, our showroom is like fried. Like there's the, the roof is like hanging off, there's cables everywhere, there's light bulbs popping off and the, all the st- like I've never actually seen what happens to stone when it gets burnt, especially engineered stone, and it was just like char- like heat. So they, you're not allowed to put a hot pan on like engineered stone, and this was just like bubbled and it was crazy. And then I went in my desk and I'm like, my computer's melted. <laughs> like, but yeah, they're all those little things are not of like sentimental. I have like a little shrine on my desk of just things over the years that I've like collected, whether it's like a photo of the kids or, you know, a card from someone. I have a photo of Horn. Um, and then I actually had um, a little um, thing that I've never actually really read. It was like a, like a, it was actually an angel, which is bizarre because I'm so into them now. But at the time when I would have got this, it would have been when Horn passed away and I wasn't really into it. And that, I didn't read it, but I'm like, yeah, everything's still there. The recovery team packed up all of our stuff and I didn't touch anything. Like they did everything and put it into our other storage shed. And um, two days later, when I went back there to move the boxes to um, Eden kindly lent us his office to work out of while we were figuring out what we were doing, um, my foreman found this angel pin in the back of his ute and just passed it to me. He's like, you need this. And I've like actually looked and it says, you must not quit. Oh, wow. And it's not burnt. It's charcoal-y, but it's not burnt. And it's a little angel pin. And yeah, I was just like, the timing, like, you know, stop the messages. My head is very full. I can't take this on. Oh, and then when the fire marshal was talking to us, it'd been raining. And then this big rainbow came out and my foreman saw it too. And then um, neither of us said anything because like the fire marshal would think that we're freaks. We're like, there's a rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) And um. Later on, he goes, did you say that rainbow? I'm like, yes. And I was like, fuck you, Horn. I don't care about your fucking rainbow right now. This is not okay. Piss off. But <laughs> so, what about the death bag? Oh, the death bag. So intact. Okay. Yeah. And now I have a fire bag that I'm carrying around <laughs> with me. So, And <laughs> my girl that works with me when I came to work on the Monday, because I still kept my holiday to Fiji. Um, so Monday was my first day back at work. And um, I've rocked in with a bag and she's like, fire bag? I'm like, Yes. Some people have like a Louis, yeah. a Gucci. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing fire and death bags. Bring it. But yeah, so I have chosen to rebuild, um, which is going to be a And you're like fully insured and everything? Yes, have insurance. There has been a little glitch with part of the insurance, which of course nothing would go smoothly. So I didn't expect anything else. Um, and um, But they've been very helpful. Everyone has been so kind and it really made me think like, you know, 
of all, there was no fires on the Gold Coast. If anyone's going to have one, it's me. So, <laughs> so tick. But then going to think about all the people, um, you know, down south that have been affected and it is their homes, it's their whole lives. Um, and then the amazing firefighters and emergency service people that are just standing in front of the, the blaze is just mind-blowing. Once you've actually felt that, like, heat and the smell and, like, the level of toxicity coming from that smoke, it it's just actually, like, mind-blowing that people volunteer to do that. Yeah. It's crazy. So before I went to Fiji, I hired a little micro factory <laughs> that's a lot smaller. I feel like I've gone back 10 years in my business, but it's better than nothing. So um, they, we have been working on setting that up and, um, you know, keeping all my staff employed and, you know, ev- a lot of other stone places have put their hands up to assist us, which is amazing. Um, and I have taken a few of them up on that and I'm very, very grateful because it's a very cutthroat industry. People don't usually reach out, but Horn was such a, like, fair, beautiful person that would do anything for anyone and um, they've, like, remembered that. So it really, like, kind of comes out in times like this that people, you know, step up and do the right thing. So I'm super grateful for that. And, yeah, so, yeah, I had a lot of, like, soul searching to do in Fiji but I didn't really get any time to do that because the kids were doing my head in. So one of my kids got kicked out of kids' clubs, so I was kind of banking on the fact that they were going to spend their time there, but so he couldn't go back and he was the one that I was hoping would stay there. Why did he get kicked out? Well, I think it's controversial. Oh. Yeah. They told me he was swearing. (laughs) And I'm like, he does swear. Don't get me wrong. The other day I scared him and he called me a bitch. (laughs) He was so angry. He was like, and I'm like, not laughing, but I did laugh at the time and then I had to talk about the language. But shut up is not a swear word. He got kicked out for shut up. Yeah. Wow. Well, and like to us, like nine year old girl that started crying. I'm like, that's a bit dramatic. Oh, he's just like his mum. And, <laughs> and I was like, why did you tell him to shut up? He's like, he's just singing this stupid song. And I'm like, well, what was it? And then later, the girl was at like dinner and she was still singing. I'm like, I would have told her to shut up too. So I'm like, but anyway, so um, yeah. He, um, when I told the kids about the fire, one, I kind of had, like, no response, which didn't surprise me. Um, Carter asked for an ice cream and I was like, sure. How old are the kids? Five and seven. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to comprehend. Yeah, so yesterday was the first time I'd taken them to see the damage because I didn't want them to want to go inside. So yesterday all the machines been taken out and there was only, like, two walls kind of left and I took them there when we are driving. And yesterday was Horn's birthday too, so it's been a bit of a um, – one of those weeks where you're just like, why? Like, how much harder can it get? Like, You have, like, a bit of a weird story for that too, right? Yes, I do. So I'll tell this and then I'll go into that because I'm obviously the, the weird, like, the horn presence that everyone can agree with. I'm driving to the factory to show them because we had our morning ritual being Horn's birthday. We go to the cemetery. We take three black balloons. We let them off into the sky. We have a beer and then... Um, we go home, basically. We, and we go out for breakfast. We go to McDonald's because oh, <laughs> the, kid, the kids get to pick. So <laughs> I'm just like sitting there eating banana bread like I don't want to be here, but they were happy. Um, when we're driving there, I'm like, so you know there's a fire and Carter's like, oh, God, that's just so bad. It's like, do you think the Skittles got burnt? Oh. <laughs> like, These are my business partners. Yeah, I'm like, this is what I'm dealing with. But because our stone reps come and bring like – gifts throughout like the year um one in particular she's gorgeous she brings lollies and so there's always those fun size packets of skittles oh, and okay. like you can only eat so many of them skittles might get really thirsty so there's always mountains on them he comes in gets his little ladder climbs up gets the skittles and I'm like out of all of what i told you you're <laughs> concerned about the skittles i'm like oh to be five <laughs> like but yes my story so um As I've explained before, like I definitely feel the presence of spirits. I've had now my psychic reading that it's not always horn. (laughs) Which like I've I've bought all the crystals that I was told to do and I I gave them out as well. Um, So yesterday morning, um, I'm a really heavy sleeper. Are you a heavy sleeper? Uh, not, I mean, I am if I'm alone. Yeah. If someone else is in the bed, then I'm like the lighter sleeper ever. Okay. So I'm a log. Rain, thunder, dogs barking, kids waking up with problems, don't wake up. Um, Eden is all about it. I can barely roll over in bed without Eden being like, are you okay? I'm like, yes. Why did you wake me up to ask me that? (laughs) So 
in bed and um, Eden also moved in this week. Oh. So it's been very eventful. I've had a lot to like deal with, but um, it, we had like discussed it, but then he found tenants for his house. So it kind of happened all very quickly. And obviously we didn't know about the fire at the time. So it's like been go, go, go. And so he went and packed up some of his things from his house and um, with his son and they brought things back and there was a few toys. I'm like, don't bring any fucking more toys back. Like we don't need any more toys here. They don't even play with the ones that they have. And he's like, oh, just let him pick a couple. I'm like, okay, no worries. So we're asleep and um, I have no idea what time it is and I can hear this weird like (laughs) noise and I'm like, what is that? Like, what is that? And I'm like crept out of bed and there's like this toy Lamborghini or something like at my door of my bed with lights flashing going And I'm like, I don't know how to fucking turn. Like the remote's nowhere in sight that operates it. I'm like, I don't know how to turn this off. So I've like run over to the kids' side of the house and like closed their like interlocking door thing so this doesn't wake them up because I don't need them waking up too. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go like figure out how to turn it off. And then I've gone to like pick it up and it's just completely turned off. And I'm like, oh, well, that was easy. So hop back into bed and I'm like, that was just so weird I was like like weird that you woke up as well yeah weird that I woke up and I'm like but where did that toy come from like I don't allow you're not allowed to go to bed and leave toys out like I like everything cleaned up and um it was like right at my door and you know like do you remember Brum yeah yeah that little car and so you know it like flashes oh yeah like Like, that's that's what it looked like like ever like at my door so laid down in bed and I'm like what time is it I've looked at my phone and I've screenshotted it because I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, and I wanted to wake Eden up so badly, but I'm like, that's so. Why didn't he wake up if he wakes up? I I know. He was snoring. Like he and I was just like, my heart like started pounding. So there's a very significant number. And you asked me about this the other day and I didn't get back to you on it. Um, The very significant number in um, Horn's life. And that's 313. His racing motorbike number was 313. So um, when he passed away, everyone had shirts made and 313. And he's like a little bit infamous with this number. It means a lot to especially all the boys and him. And then uh, my children now, like they carry that on. And yeah, but I see 313 all the time. Like it's everywhere. Things happen at that time. Um, So I've looked at my phone and it said 315. And so I know that you probably think, well, it didn't say 3.13, but given the fact that I had gotten out of bed, gone to try and deal with the car, laid back down, would have been two minutes. And so I'm in bed and, like, you know, sometimes it's nice. You're like, oh, like I'll say something and a song will come on, like, from his funeral, like, straight away to, like, confirm what my question was. Or the light above me starts flashing. Like, it happens in front of people all the time. They're like, no. but this I was in bed and I was my heart was like pounding like I was like that is by far the fucking craziest thing that has happened over the past birthday birthday. it was his birthday so like when I've screenshotted it it actually says like his birthday on the, the screenshot too and I was just like oh my god like of all the days and then so when Eden like I sensed like I didn't sleep really after that I was just like then I went when I did doze back off. I was dreaming about that happening, like it was so bizarre. So then when Eden's waking up, I'm like, like felt him wriggle a bit, like, oh my god, guess what happened? <laughs> like straight away, and he's like, what? And I'm like, and because he sees how much it happens to me, and because his wife passed away, he doesn't get things like that, and he so he's like, it's crazy. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you're blocking it or whether I'm more receptive to it. And yeah. we've had that conversation too. That you know, does it just happen because I think about it happening or? I don't know, but yeah, and he was just like, no, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, and then at but, five, yeah, and then it's happened again. The car happened again. So that it. So you were just like laying in bed, and then it started up again. But I didn't hear it this time. Eden did. So and it was and so there's this another significant number, um, and it's weird that Eden got up this time too. Um, Horn passed away on the fifth, the fifth of March. And Eden's birthday is the fifth of March. Oh, so, so for the me, I just started doing the same thing again at five. Yeah, and I didn't wake up. So when I thought he was wiggling for the first time, yeah, 
I'm like, so is Horn like trying to say like, good job, Eden? I don't, I don't know. He's trying to speak to Eden now. I don't know. Like, what, do, what do you make of that? I, I don't know. I don't understand any of it. To be yeah. honest. <laughs> I was like, because it was when, when like I obviously, because like for me, even to digest that my new partner's birthday is the day my husband died, already makes that day a very weird day. My God, yeah, that is that's wow. I'm that's like, a lot. Ha- happy birthday, and then anniversary of my husband's death. Yeah, and it's like, what do you do? Do you just say like you're an adult? Your birthday's being celebrated on the sixth from now on? <laughs> no, <or? laughs> I don't know. Um, a lot of Horn's family, they're just so amazing. They're like, this is supposed to happen because you're not supposed to be sad on this day. You're supposed to, you know, do something. And I'm like, yeah, but it's never going to be, you know. And I try for Eden to, like, not make it about Horn because, like, I'm sure, like, he hears about him all the time that it's a one day a year that's supposed to be about him and it still, you know, is attached to Horn. And he's amazing about it. Like, the the first kind of birthday I actually had gastro. Like, the first – and, like, the the first one that we had when we were together, I was, like, unwell and so I had to, like – choose like like I was just like this I can only think about one thing today yeah and then so now I usually um and I started doing this a lot so the the actual day of any significance I usually do my photo searching what I need to write the day before and then I get it all set up so it's like just your social posting yeah yeah, for my social or my journaling or anything that I need to do I don't do it on the day because I was and those days would be then like get way worse because I'd just be like so down. So I usually do it the night before I allow myself that time. Then I go to bed and then I wake up and it's like, you know, and like a normal day. And yesterday felt um, really busy, like a lot going on. And I welcome that distraction because I was like, oh my God, here is like your birthday present horn, like your factory's coming to heaven with you. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> like but yeah. So that's a that's definitely well the fifth of March is coming up so I'll let you know but yeah usually I do all my I send out everything I need to send even to family whether it's a photo or a memory or something the the night before and I'm like and then tomorrow because it's also how my phone gets like inundated yeah. and then that makes me sad too so if everyone responds to what I send them on that day they kind of like quieten down on the day where I don't okay. have to spend the whole day kind of. Well, it's good that you've got coping mechanisms. That yeah, so organised, even like organised my like sadness. Your emotions. Like, this day's for crying <laughs> and this day's for smiling. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, um, yeah, the year for me will be a lot of um, organising, uh, rebuilding. Um, the factory will take most of the year to rebuild the machines that we have come from overseas from Italy and what Is there any sense of like oh I get to start this again myself from scratch kind of like Yeah and sometimes like that made me cuz about a year ago I changed the logo um just to give us a fresh new look we're dealing with some really high end clients and our logo was really tradey and boring and I just wanted to be like nice and chic um but I was like you know I'm not changing everything I'm just changing the logo like that's okay but I still had our old logo on the front of the factory, I hadn't changed it because I was like, oh, I'll do it in the new year. Like, it doesn't need to be done right now. Um, and that was when I was watching, like, the claw of, the, like, take that down. I was like, is this cleansing? Is this a rebirth? Or is this, like, a walk away moment? Um, because obviously I, in the last episode, I'd spoken about all the things that I had thought I was going into early tradie retirement and starting to work on more passion projects and things that were, you know, important to me. And I'm like, is this the universe telling me not to do that? Is this the universe telling me that you should focus on just doing that and get rid of your bit, like get a bit of the factory life business? And that that was all of the back and forwards. I'm like, because I believe in signs, yeah. I'm like, but it needs to come with like a clear instruction not like a up for interpretation so um yeah it will be <laughs> we've burned the place to the ground it feels clear but yeah. like is it? i know but then so it's fully demolished now everything's gone everything's gone so yeah i'll post um a picture of the void space because that for me is harder than seeing it burnt seeing it completely gone yeah. like because when you drive in it's like you can see surface now. Like there's yeah. like this whole big um, view and uh, it's never been there like that. And so, yeah, and I'm 
used to drive in there every day, knowing that Horn wasn't going to be there, but I'd have my memory, you know, how you just have that cognitive that it flashes in, yeah. you know, him standing by a machine, you know, him out there talking on his phone. Like when it's rebuilt, it's not going to look like that, that I don't know what it will feel like driving in. And um, I was speaking to Horn's sister the other day because it's her birthday this week too at the start of the week. And, um, you know, I said, I'm really, you know, I've had so many e- emails and text messages of support and everyone, you know, being like, you've been through so much and you're doing an amazing job and da 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 And I, I had this like moment when I was on the phone to her, I'm like, you know, I'm really scared that when it gets rebuilt that people are going to think of me and not Horn, that, that I've done this. And I'm like, when really he did it. And I don't want it to steal his thunder. Like it's still his, Um, but it really won't be. Like the machines will be in different positions because we just built it as we needed it. But now we have a clean slate. Like we can change it and make it better, but it won't look the same. It won't be the same. And that makes me a bit sad. Fair enough. Yeah. It's hard to process. Is this like a therapy session thing you're going to be doing for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unpack the fire. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just add it to my therapy list. <laughs> like there's a list of things that we need to unpack in therapy. But yeah, no, definitely. Probably because the more, now that the we've got the micro factory and that's set up and it, well, it's not set up yet, but it is being set up and I know that direction, um, it will like, you know, I'll calm for a bit and then I will start to think about sad things like that. When at the time of stress, I don't really allow myself yeah. to do that. I'm just like, go, 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 go. Because you've, you've got to function. You've got to make decisions. Yeah, and, and everyone kind of looks to me too. It's like, you know, they're capable of making decisions, but at the end of the day, it is my decision. Like, it's my business. You have all those employees' lives in your hands too. Yeah, like, they and they've got families and, and, you know, lifestyles that they need to upkeep. So... Yeah, it'll take time. Like it'll take, you know, a solid month for at least one machine to arrive and the new factory can only allow for one and we had like five. So the scale of our business is going to be severely downsized for 12 months. But um, our clients have been really... Um, really great. Um, but then, you know, um, when Horn died, the same thing happened. People send you work, like, t- to offer support. I'm like, oh, we can't. We, we're freaking out right now. <laughs> like, we don't need the extra pressure of fulfilling your jobs. But come back in, like, a month when we yeah. know what we're doing. Thank you, yeah. but not right now. Yeah, but no, it is amazing. And it's just about being, you know, in any business, clients want transparency. They want honesty um, and, you know, the trust. They want to, you know, they don't want to be fed bullshit. So I've been doing, like, the calls and saying, like, you know, if you can still send us, like, two to three jobs a week instead of ten, that would be amazing because we were doing 60-plus kitchens a week. Wow. So our new capacity will probably be, like, 20. Okay. And then... A lot of people only used us, so then they're going to have to now, you know, risk their business aligning with someone else until we can help them. Well, sorry, service them again. So, yeah, it's just still keeping a foot in a door with every client that we possibly can Um, and obviously our long-standing ones, some people have been there for the whole 13 years. So um, definitely don't want them to go. And then that thought that what am I rebuilding for if there's no fucking clients to come back to? Yeah. Yeah, look at our brand new factory and crickets. (laughs) Like, we're just, like, standing there like, so, (laughs) when are the orders coming in? come on now. But, yeah, no, they've been, our clients have been through so much that I've been saying, like, I think, like, Hot Rock has, like, nine lives like a cat. Like, we just can't keep having, like, blow after blow after blow, but we seem to bounce back. So exactly. I'm hoping that that happens this time too. Well, it might be nice to have, like, a clean slate start again. Obviously yeah. Obviously you've got, like, the best intentions of what Horn would have still wanted. And yes. maybe given the opportunity, he would have liked to have not had well, hobbled together yeah. factory with I, space. Yeah, he would have. He would have liked and I've been trying to think in my head, like, how would he have coped with this? Like, I don't even know mentally, like, him seeing that place burn, what – it would have done to him yeah. like I really just don't know because it's you know he's the one that spent you know 18 hours a day there for x amount of years yeah so yeah but onwards and upwards you know it's done so all you can do is you know come up with a plan like the the iBook that I've been listening to, the audio book, the um, Marie Folio, everything is figure outable and it really is true like it might not be ideal but you can come up with a plan for everything. So if anyone's looking for something insightful, whether you're working on a little project or some shit's going down in your life, like I strongly recommend having a listen to that. Um, gives you some homework throughout the, the audio to, 
to do. And it's definitely helped me, like even when I'm just driving around at the moment, I keep listening to it to be like, ah, oh, yes, you yes. know, jot that down. Everything is figure out. Everything is figure out. And she actually tells you to like scream it. I'm like, I'm not taking it that far, but I do like give myself a little chat. Everything is figure outable. I can do this. So exactly. Well, I think what we were, you were planning on doing was going into our resolutions or we plan yes. year. But I think maybe because we've, like that was a lot. Yes, it was. Maybe we should do that in an ice and yeah, I think episode. so. Some goal setting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So maybe just wrap up with the um, what you're going to do for your yeah, so comp the, this week. Yeah, so the um, With Love Ash segment, given that I have been um, directly affected by fire, um, even though um, it's not a bushfire, um, in Australia at the moment there is crazy fire taking over most of our country and um, – this week I'd like to make it about them. So if anyone, you don't have to subscribe, rate and review um, the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but if you'd like to, please do. But this is just a inbox me on Instagram at withloveash and nominate someone, you can nominate yourself or a family that you know, and I'll be giving away two times $250 visit debit cards to um, some families or people that are in need at the moment because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have lost everything. Yeah, so people have been directly affected by the fire. Yes. So if you know somebody, yeah, Ash. Yeah, please do. So, yeah, that's wow. me wrapping up. And um, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week. And just remember, we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. This podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. To stay up to date with me, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and follow me on Instagram at Love Ash.